0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pipeline Superheroes podcast, hosted as always by Grant Cohen and Keegan Slattery. Hey there. Today, we have Mark Rubner, CEO and founder of Green Station Consulting, a strategic B2B go-to-market framework that he has developed over many stints in the C-level at various B2B SaaS marketing um, and B2B agency stops. Uh, Mark, how are you doing today?
1: Great. How are you guys?
0: Wonderful. Doing
1: Excellent. good.
0: We got we all have a decent amount of uh sunlight in our podcast Zoom <laughs> view. So so <laughs> I'm trying to move my head so
1: that I'm trying to get gotta, around to,
0: it, it For people just listening, his nose is glowing a little bit, but you know, it's all good. It's all good. Um so Mark, tell us about Green Station Consulting and what you've learned about Go to Market over the, your your years and your career.
1: Yeah, Green Station Consulting was born from a uh you know, two decade career in Product management, marketing, largely on the B two B side of the software business. Um, with the uh, rise of SaaS, my career sort of focused on that piece of the business. And it, the question had always come up: Mark, how do you do what you do? How do you guide organizations through the go to market process? What has driven or what has been the linchpin of your, you know, what success you've had? And for me, it was a framework. It was a process. I guess from point A to point B, that's repeatable, that's scalable. That can be used in a variety of different scenarios to ground an organization and take it from really conception all the way through to market. And uh, I, I think that with a framework, you can at least have a starting point for bringing alignment to the three, core pieces of the go-to-market team. Your, your head of product, your head of marketing, and your head of sales.
2: Awesome. Could you delve a little bit more into um sort of how you decided to make this framework different from what other companies do? Cause I think a lot of companies will do a light amount of like product positioning and ICP research. And it's kind of very top level and very cursory, yeah. just because they want to get right to product development and you know putting ads out in the marketplace. Um so could you talk a little bit more about yeah. how your framework's a little bit different.
1: Yeah. So so let's it's not SDLC, right? It's not. Software development lifecycle. If you're if you're starting at product conception, um, the the framework's not really coming in there yet. A little bit because you still have to identify the problem you're looking to solve before anyone's going to invest, right? So, you know, my preference is to use a stage gate process to to understand where to take those concepts, whether they c- uh, cut muster or not. A stage gate process is in place for that. But once you've got the investment made and once you're ready to go to market, what I've found is that organizations really aren't prepared to align sales, marketing, and product. They sort of either expect or hope or pray that those leaders will all be rowing in the same direction. And that's just largely not true. I've experienced it myself. I've uh, lamented it myself. I've you know kicked sand at it myself. and. At some point, I just decided to make sure, on purpose, that that alignment happened at the right stage of the process.
2: So, what do you see as like the the primary benefits of uh, a company that does have all three of those key roles rowing in the same direction versus the ones who aren't? Like, what are some of the telltale signs that everyone's not going in the same direction?
1: Uh, I'll answer the second part of that first. It's clear that folks are not going in the same direction when challenges strike. So when sales slows down, when the marketing doesn't seem to be as effective as maybe it once was, when product is taking just a little bit longer to determine its roadmap or to articulate its roadmap, that's when the alignment starts to break down. Well, I'm the head of sales and you know, sales aren't going so well. I think we got a product problem. Boy, if I if marketing could only drive more leads, you know, I, uh, marketing, you know, sales guys, are just not working hard enough. That's a telltale sign that the alignment is breaking down or never was there in the first place. Those conversations simply don't happen if you have alignment. Now, challenge is still going to happen. Those same things will still happen. Sales may slow down. Marketing efforts may stall. Yeah, for sure. But if it reaches the point of contention, i.e. finger pointing, then you've got a broken organization and your alignment is broken.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's a big part of what we're trying to build at Bloom Growth is an agency that aligns sales and marketing for you because you know a lot of stops in my career. I've been in SDR, been a demand gen marketer. I've been sort of both sides of the the DMZ there. And I think that what's really interesting is like how you picture alignment and what a healthy and happy Alignment between sales and marketing really looks like, and how you can judge that because there's a lot of heuristics of marketing. There's a lot of heuristics of sales, and when are both are done efficiently. And obviously, there's a lot of bleeding together and, and common metrics. But like, how do you how do you align these teams so they're working towards the common goal? Because yeah. at times, like you know, if you're a salesperson, you don't necessarily want there to be way too many good leads. Because if you agree that all these NQls are worth their salt, then Your conversion numbers are judged based off that. And on the marketing side, you know, like you want to provide as many leads as possible. And if there's folks that aren't motivated to follow up with your leads or debate whether or not those leads you bring in are quality, then you're like, you know, there's a million ways for that to get tripped up. So I'm curious how you think about how to align that and maybe some specific metrics as well. Look,
1: I'm all for the KPIs, right? So let's separate goals, metrics, and KPIs. A A large part of what you know, you just went through falls in my, you know, in my mind, in the KPI section, critical for running the business, right? But let's start at the top. Two things have to be absolutely true in order to have hope for alignment and get folks aligned. One, senior management, the CEO has to be an active participant in the alignment process, can't just say, all right, we're going to we got to establish this growth uh, number this year. Hey, marketing. Hey, sales. Hey, product. Have at it. Call me in December. Let me know how things are going. I know that sounds ridiculous, but largely that's kind of what happens sometimes as senior management gets wrapped up in their decision horizon of two to three years down the road, they forget to manage the business during the planning and alignment process. The CEO or the COO or the president has to be in those conversations from the beginning. Number one, there's no hands off. They have to have regularly scheduled check-ins to make sure that those metrics and KPIs are not only established, but are being met. So first and foremost, highest level executive management responsibility, number one. Number two, if the ultimate goal, Call it sales, call it revenue, call it EBITDA, whatever the ultimate goal that the CEO is measured by isn't in the everybody's goals. In other words, the head of marketing, the head of sales, and the head of product have to have those same exact goals in their compensation package. When it comes to bonus time, I don't want to see a head of marketing whose only goals are leads, MQLs, et cetera. That's not of interest to me. That's KPI. How you run your marketing organization, that's up to you. I'm, I'm, I, I, you. know, You're smarter than me. But your goal is X dollars in sales, X dollars in revenue. That's the goal that I'm going to pay your bonus based on. Full stop. And all three leaders of those critical go-to-market areas have to share those goals in writing at the beginning of the year and have to be compensated For those, there's no degree of separation in that goal structure among those three. So those are two things I think that have to happen during the alignment process. Yeah. And and speak
0: a little bit more about compensation because sales folks, you know, relative to the average marketing person at B2B SaaS companies, their compensation is more tied into performance, usually independent performance. So how do you align that? Because if I'm a salesperson, I have an expectation of what my compensation structure will be based off previous stops in my career. But if you go to an organization, like you said, that's a little bit more aligned with sales and marketing. How do you change that so that salesperson still feels the same level of agency with what they're doing?
1: Well, number one, the obvious answer is you incentivize the behaviors that drive the ultimate goal, right? So that's that's the highest level of cliche, if you would, right? To answer the question. But let's separate sales folks, sales execs from sales leadership. Sales leadership is part of the leadership team. That sales leader, the CRO, SVP sales, whatever that top level sales executives in your organization sits on the leadership team that team has to share the same goals how you incentivize and measure the productivity of your teams hey I'm, you have to that's up to you but they better have a direct tie to what to how you're compensated and how i as a ceo am compensated because i am going to have as a ceo the exact same goals that my head of sales, my head of marketing, my head of product, my head of operations, my head of client success are going to have. They're all going to have the same goals. Now, your salespeople are not going to have those same exact goals because they need to be incentivized differently. Their their day-to-day behaviors, their decision horizons are different. Absolutely. As a good, as a solid A player senior sales leader, you better have that structure in place. You better know how to manage that, right? I'll leave that up to you. But there's a separation between those on the leadership team and those in the field. So Mark, when you're uh, with Green Station going to work with companies
2: and helping kind of make this change, because let's be honest, not everyone has that alignment. That's probably one of the first things you work on. Um, as an outside consultant coming in, how do you help affect change at a company um, when you start working with a new client?
1: The workshop is the alignment process. So. The the mm-hmm. the goal of the workshop is is the uh, fast forward the let's let's pay respects to Stephen Covey right begin with the end in mind the end in mind is to is to drive revenue faster so organizations can go to market most organizations are going to go to market they're going to do their thing and they're going to have some degree of success some may even ha- some may have success because they've got a phenomenal group of people a phenomenal culture and a phenomenal product line uh, uh, they're going to have success. But it's that group of organizations that are struggling to do the following, struggling to realize revenue as quickly as they can, because they're struggling to get to market as quickly and as optimized as they should. And the reasons for that include a lack of alignment on the go-to-market team. So you start with the end in mind, I want to make revenue faster from this launch, go all the way to the left. And, uh, either I'm aligned or I'm not, and that's going to be a throttle to your speed of success. So the first thing you do is you tell the CEO, I'm going the, the outcome of this is going to be quicker path to revenue. The physical output is going to be the go to market plan. And the reason the go to market plan is so important, not to develop it and put it in a draw, because of the blood blood, sweat, and tears, the three key leaders and the CEO had to go through to get that plan written. That blood, sweat, and tears is the alignment process. So when I sit, when I was CEO of Donor Drive, when I was Solution Line leader of $350 million worth of business at Blackboard, I had to sit down with those leaders and say, we're going to spend the next period of time working through these pieces of the plan. And we, we are going to be, we can have our differences. We're going to have spirited debate. No one loves a great debate more than me, right? My boss at, at Donor Drive told me that, you know, hey, Mark, you don't have to win every conversation. Every conversation is not a contest. I beg the differ, but that's just <laughs> me. Um, but get in the room, get in the room, hammer it out. We're going to have different points of view, obviously, different perspectives, but we're going to align on how we're going to get to revenue quicker, that's what you have to convince the SaaS technology CEO. Is the end game. That's mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. game.
0: And how do you consider product as part of that too? Because you mentioned that as being like the third head of the alignment. We've obviously talked a lot about sales and marketing. Yeah. Keegan and I are sales and marketing folks. In case that's not painfully obvious, but curious like how you engage product there as well? Because like I think a lot of what we've said and a lot of these misalignments uh, are with product teams as well.
1: Yeah, so, so I think of product as, um, you know, in the classic sort of pragmatic marketing sense, uh, product management. So product management to me owns the product roadmap, owns the product P&L, owns pricing, right? So you can't go to market effectively if that leader is not aligned with sales and marketing. Go to market is not a, a, it's solely a sales and marketing effort. If product is left out, then you don't have the input on pricing. You don't have the input on what's driving profitability. You don't have the input on what part, what features, functions are going to get prioritized in order to drive go-to-market success. If product isn't at the table, you're going to be missing that. Then what happens? Go all the way back to Keegan's question and my response to it. Man, we're not doing so well. It must be a product problem. Yeah, you know, the product guys, yeah, they're not doing so well. They're not giving us what we said we needed. And that is a disaster. That's the opposite of alignment. So product in the in the in the sort of pragmatic marketing sense is what I refer to as product. I hope that helps. Lovely. So
2: Mark, talk oh, can you talk a, a little bit more about oh, I'm sorry, how you're how are you applying a lot of this with uh GreenStation in terms of your own go-to-market strategy? What does that look like for GreenStation? I know you're you know only been around for two months technically in this, according to your LinkedIn at least. Uh, how does right. that factor in now that you're working with yourself as a small organization?
1: Yeah, I am. I am literally going through and have put together the go-to-market plan for the go-to-market. <laughs> so I have very, to. I have very to good at see, that. Yeah. You know, if you know, we will use the expression "dog food," right? That everyone hates. But yeah, I had to. I had to. Um, you know, uh, buy my own groceries and cook my meal for sure. And you know, I had to determine where I was going to focus from a segmentation perspective. I had to put my positioning statement down on paper, um, which is really hard to do, uh, especially if you're talking about yourself in the in the first and third person alternately. Right? It's really just a pain in the ass to do. Oh, Excuse me. Um, but that's that's what I'm doing, and that's what I had done. And I've got three outputs now that I'm I'm counting on driving. Uh, the content marketing piece of it, which is the framework itself, uh, the workshop that goes along with it, inevitably the book that I'll use as a as as you know commercial insight, if you would, to drive some credibility to the business and to give folks a chance to taste the 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 mechanics of the workshop and then be interested in it. I, I've it really came about a couple of things. The, the approach I took was, look, I've been in some really great workshop environments. I've been lucky to work for organizations that value professional development. And that took the time to train organizations, leadership, functional uh, training, uh, things like security and and even for public companies, you know, insider trading. All of those are really important professional development opportunities. And I've been lucky enough to be in organizations that value that and invest in it. But I've seen some really great workshop programs and been involved. in, them, And I've seen some dogs, I've seen some clunkers. So I tried to, to position this and create it with the best in mind and avoid doing some of the stuff that really didn't work for me. So that that's part of the construction, um, the interactivity of it, the, the workshop element of it, the not Mark Rubner standing in front of a room and lecturing a bunch of people all day that, that, you know, colossal disaster, obviously. So I'm, I'm, going through the process, I'm putting the plan together, it's documented. And I'm so lucky that I have a network of not only consultants, but other folks whose feedback I really value. And I've been sharing the the workshop and the book and the framework with them, getting their feedback and hearing the brutal truth about what isn't going to make sense, what's awkward, what's just flat out, just not relevant, and what works and what's exciting and what's Great about it, etc. So I did take a lot of time to um, I wouldn't call it a test, but to to get feedback in the working stages. But um, I'm looking forward to taking it out on the road and introducing it to folks who don't know me, right? When I busted it out and I've taken an organization, they knew who I was. I was CEO, I came in, and to be quite honest, you <laughs> I had a bit of a captive audience, right? I didn't have a choice, right? You're going to go through it because the boss says you're going to go through it. It's not the best measure of uh, of acceptance, but I'm looking forward to taking it out on the road and working with organizations who are coming at it from a completely third-party perspective. It's an in awesome instant stage, for
0: sure. Really appreciate that. Thank you for for sharing with us today. Um, I feel yeah. like that's also a great description of the sort of folks that you're looking for that are in this audience. So we really appreciate the time today, and let's stay in touch.
1: Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Keegan. Best of luck, okay?